Gratitude is, I'm thankful that it happened because it gave me this lesson. I have a deeper appreciation for this now. I see the contrast in this now. I know how to do this now. So that's how I think those two really link together. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds, and the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm Julie Boy, your host for this interview episode that I'm very excited to share with you. I'm here with Christine Knight today, and we're going to be connecting on some pretty mature subjects, including sexual abuse. So if you've got young ones around and you don't necessarily want them listening to this content, please pop in your earbuds or headphones. As we approach the holiday season, it's not always easy to stay in a happy, cheery holiday mood. That's where our gratitude practices can come in handy. I find that when I'm in a challenging or difficult time, I fall to my gratitude practices to help me get through it. It's not a matter of being grateful for our difficulties and our challenges while we're in them. And Christine and I will talk about how we can look back through the lens of gratitude. But in the moment, we can use our gratitude practices to help us pause, take a breath, and find something some little thing that we are grateful for, possibly something we've been taking for granted. This shift in our mood, this adjustment in our energy can make many challenging situations a lot easier. Friends, I'm so grateful that you've joined me here for this interview with Christine Knight. Christine has a lot to share with us and I love her insights on gratitude, forgiveness, and how hypnotherapy can be completely life-changing. I'll be back with an episode or two before the holiday season when I will be taking a much-needed break with my family to enjoy some time together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boye, and today I'm welcoming Christine Knight to the podcast. Christine is a clinical hypnotherapist and transpersonal hypnotherapist, and she teaches her clients to overcome pain to create a life of abundance. I cannot wait to get into this with Christine. Um, She has learned about something called IFS, Internal Family Systems, which she'll tell us all about, and also um, solutions-focused brief therapy. So there's lots that Christine has to share with us. And you know, my friend, before we get into it, I just want to say good morning and welcome. Good morning, Julie. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank oh, you. Wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. And I guess for you, it's it's actually afternoon because you live on the other side of the continent. You are in South Carolina. And before we get into, you know, I really want to talk about all these incredible modalities that you do in the way that you help people with healing and all of that. I know your own personal story around, um, you know, personal trauma and some of the challenges that you went through really helped you, led you into a place that, that changed your life through hypnotherapy. So I'm wondering if you could share that story with us. Yes, it's, it's really profound. And like so many others, I started out, um, really struggling and thinking that life was very hard 
and I would do everything I could just to exist. So the road of healing has been very long. Um, I have an A score of seven out of 10 and childhood developmental trauma that does include physical abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. And um, it was really rough, but the, the road to healing has formed for me the foundation of my gratitude in that I now have gratitude for those experiences because without them, I wouldn't truly understand um, the perspective, viewpoint, and inner workings of my clients who have complex PTSD, childhood developmental trauma, and even the road of healing. I, I tell people I took the long scenic route of healing, and I'm so thankful now that I did that because I tried everything to not go through the pain for healing. And through is the only way to heal. I know that now. But because I tried everything else, I can hold the space for my clients and those conversations and know exactly where to meet them, where they are. So before we go further in your story, just for clarification, some people might not know what you mean by an A score. It's ACE. So it's Adverse Childhood Experiences. And a study was done, I believe, in 1972 that created the ACE score out of 10 different um, aspects. And they are adding to that now to include um, oppression, poverty, and uh, racism, just to name a few. So that score will change. But um, there was a TEDx talk about it. Uh, What was her name? There's a doctor who did a study on the direct correlation between physical disease and the ACE score. Um, A score of seven out of 10 is pretty high, pretty high. So, um, and I believe it starts at like three or four where physical disease really starts showing up in direct correlation Mm -hmm. to the trauma that we hold in our bodies. Yeah, this is a really interesting topic. And um, we're going to talk about modalities that you do use to help people overcome this. Um, there is a newer book that came out uh, more recently about pain and about, uh, you know, dealing with like this A score and how it affects us. So I'll link to the book because I forgot the name. Like you, I forgot the name. We'll find the TED Talk as well. Yeah. We'll share those links so people can, if they're like, oh, okay, well, maybe some of what you're saying might apply to me then the listeners can go and find some of those resources as well as, of course, all the resources that you offer. But for some people, this might be the first time they're hearing about this. I know the first time I heard about it, this, I was like, oh, and then I looked at my own A score and I was like, oh, that's that explains a lot of things. So um, thank you for bringing that up because it's not something I've really had um, many people speak about on the podcast. So I appreciate that. So you had, though you had a life-changing experience uh, the first time or when you saw, you said you you saw a hypnotherapist for the first time. So tell me a little bit about that experience. You know, how did you end up going to a, a hypnotherapist, seeing one live? Um, fantastic story. Um, and this is where like my, my experiences, uh, Really, I I do have a lot of gratitude for them because it gave me the grit and um, the determination to find help. 
I had been in talk therapy, probably five or six different therapists and had most recently before the hypnotherapy happened, um, I was, um, I was seeing a PhD psychologist and a very good, he was a very good therapist, but he told me, you know, um, where your anger issues come from, they're so deeply rooted in your childhood that you won't ever heal them. You won't ever cure them. And the best you can do is just learn coping management, um, you know, just coping tools to manage the anger. And it angered me because I don't like to be told no. So I was like, I sat up into his face and I said, watch me like that. And I got up and walked out of the office. And that's the last time I've seen a talk therapist um, for the CPTSD and which is complex PTSD. And um, so I was searching for a while after seeing that psychologist for help. And it was getting worse and worse after my divorce um, from my kid's dad. We've been married like 10 years. Um, it was very her, just traumatic experience. One of the hardest things I've ever gone through emotionally, because at that time I didn't even know how to process my emotions. I would just shove them down. And um, I was in leadership roles in corporate America, you know, so I had to have my stuff together all the time. And I didn't want anybody to see that I didn't have my stuff together in certain areas. And I was at a um, self-defense class with some of my coworkers and somebody. So I would be triggered into these PTSD spirals. So anything could trigger me and I didn't know where they were coming from. So I could have everything together for six months, nothing happens. But then I would see a commercial on TV or I would hear a song or somebody would tell a story and I would just spiral into shaking, fainting, um, vomiting, crying uncontrollably. So it would just surge this emotion to come up and I couldn't control it. Um, so that's really what I was looking for help for. And I knew I had to do something before somebody found out that I didn't have my stuff together, that I wasn't perfect, you know, but, but in a leadership role, especially because people couldn't, I didn't want people to worry about something like that happening at work. Work was very serious to me. It's where I really got my self-worth and value because I was really good at it. Um, one of those high achiever type things. Um, so I'm sitting folding laundry on a Saturday morning watching PBS because it's the only thing that I could watch on TV that didn't have commercials because, you know, it was just, you know, they have the, the, trying to raise money and stuff instead of commercials. So I was watching PBS and Wayne Dyer was on um, and it was a lecture that he was doing. And he had um, recently been uh, diagnosed with leukemia. And he was talking about this person who had written to him that uses hypnotherapy to cure diseases. And it, and it was a mix of past life regression with hypnotherapy, um, which past life regression is just a form, just one technique of hypnotherapy, one technique of many. And um, so he, he said, come on out and, you know, introduce yourself to everybody. And she walked out onto the stage. And when she walked out on that stage, like I sat up and I was like, she's the one she she's going to cure me. 
And I knew it, like, as soon as I saw her, I knew it. So he gave information at the end of this show. I emailed her, didn't hear anything back for like three months. Then three months later, she emails me and says, hey, I'm doing sessions at a hotel in Chicago between this date and this date. You know, be there or be square kind of thing. So I was a single mom, did not receive child support, living paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, I don't care. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to find a way to get up there. So I, I go up there. Phenomenal, phenomenal session. It, it, it lasted probably three or four hours. That, that type of session that we do, it lasts a long time with a pre-interview and then the session of the post-talk, um, which I do that now. So it completely stopped the spirals. It gave me an overview look, like a, a bird's eye view of my life and why I had chosen my childhood, um, why I had chosen my experiences because it was going to be to help other people. And I needed to learn compassion and I needed to learn empathy and I needed to be able to relate really with commonality with other people. So uh, not one, that was in, that was over 10 years ago, not one spiral since then. So after the session, I was so blown away. I said, tell me where you learned this. Mm-hmm. And she told me. And I flew down there for a week of training shortly thereafter and trained in it. You know, Christine, it's so amazing to me how moments in our life that could be so insignificant, folding Mm -hmm. laundry on a Saturday morning, watching Mm -hmm. PBS, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. turn into an absolutely sliding door, life-changing moment. Oh yes. Because you could have just as easily had said, I can't afford this. This isn't going to work for me. This is for other people, not for me. And you mm-hmm. said, no, you opened the door in the other direction. And you said, this is what I've been looking for. You followed your gut, your intuition. Mm-hmm. And you, not only did you take care of yourself first, and I know you mentioned that you're still, this healing journey is ongoing. Mm. as it is for all of us, but you've been able to change people's lives through the work that you've done. So you, I love that you, and not only that, like you have continued to grow in the ways that you serve clients. It wasn't just, you know, I'm going to do this one thing and this is my modality for the rest of my days. What is it about your kind of work that has invited you to look at all these different ways to help people through their healing? Hmm. Well, two sides of the same coin. So one side was the PTSD spiral stopped, but then as that layer had healed, it peeled back and there was another layer underneath that needed healing. I still had issues coming up. I I have a lot of issues um, with in, in my experience with romantic relationships. That's where my what we'll talk about is coming soon parts. That's where my parts were triggered and came out, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. So there were still issues coming up for me that I knew that I needed more understanding, expand my training, um, and and to be able to heal it, uh, the issues that came up. The other side of the coin is I had clients. So I was still working in corporate but I was on the side just doing this 
type of session for clients here and there. And there were clients that had phenomenal experiences, life-changing. And then there were clients who didn't, where they were blocked or they, they they couldn't get deep enough into the session or something happened where they weren't, it wasn't life-changing for them. And my number one favorite word is transformation. It's what I live my life for. It's what I want for myself. It's what I want for other people. And I want to be a vessel to have that flow through me onto other people. So I, I knew I had to keep expanding my understanding of things. So I would, I literally would sit down in front of Google and did not know what I was typing and what I needed would come up to me. This is something else about being aligned and going with your gut. I found anytime I do that, money is never an issue. I don't ever miss the money. I just do it and I go and it's taken care of somehow. Oh, I I got a check in the mail randomly for a thousand dollars after I went and took the training and I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. The the check randomly came to me like a month later for a class action suit that I had won. (laughs) I didn't even remember being in a class action suit. Okay. So the, the, the money will, will, will show up. Don't ever let money stop you. Yeah. It'll show up. So two sides of that coin is what prompted me to learn about neuroscience, about, um, attachment. I don't like this word, but disorders. Um, and then, so I started learning, uh, Greg Braden was a big one about Mm. patterns in our life. Bruce Lipton was a big one about gratitude. Mm -hmm. Oh, just recently he has found gratitude and forgiveness to be the two major factors to restructure your DNA, like literally change the molecular structure in your DNA, gratitude and forgiveness. So Bruce Lipton is known for something called epigenetics, right? He was one of the people that first shared that epigenetics, which is that it is the medium in which our genes is are expressed that is, it's not just written yes. in our genes and that's how it happens. The medium no. affects how they are expressed in our yes. body. And so um, I... I hadn't known about this newer research. So I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I really love Bruce Lipton's books. Um, yeah. He really influenced me many years ago to understand because I also I've you know always been interested in the science of genetics, but genetics doesn't answer a lot of questions. You know, we thought once the human genome was mapped that all the questions would be answered about so many things. And like you said, I mean, we talk you talk about the root of disease, right? Being connected to trauma that that doesn't. How does that show up in our DNA and how our genes are expressed? So Bruce Lipton really helped guide some of my own, you know, understandings of the way science is today. So, um, so you mentioned that gratitude and forgiveness have this ability to restructure our DNA. So can you share a little bit more about how this whole gratitude thing fits into the, the forgiveness and the work that you're doing? Well, man, forgiveness was a long road for me. Um, and there's something that we say in hypnotherapy that all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And now I'm saying that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. That's the basis of it all. That's what we're scared to look at. That's what we're scared to walk through because we feel that 
if we we have the belief that if we have anything wrong with us that we won't be loved will be rejected out of the tribe so um and that's just a very basic uh, you know human instinct so forgiveness and gratitude come to play in really creating the life that you want and manifesting the law of attraction is based in it too um so it start it keeps that expanding 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 the more that we learn and kill those layers of healing the more we expansive we get into really creating the life that we love so gratitude is so necessary for forgiveness because I had to, I had to start the the seed of gratitude was planted in that very first hypnotherapy therapy session that I did in Chicago in that hotel room, because it's the first time that I became grateful for the circumstances that had happened to me to give me the tools that I would need on my life journey and my mission. I believe it's my true life mission. So that seed was planted to be grateful for the experiences. So then I would even be able to extend forgiveness for the situation. But then that grew into forgiveness for how I've contributed to situations and trauma and hurt in life. So it's, it's all links like in the same chain. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so important. So beautiful to be able to say, looking back and an experience with gratitude. It's something that I, I teach, right? It's being able to look back on the really hard times with a lens of gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. We're never happy that we were traumatized or, Right. You know, that's not what it's about. It's about how can we look at a situation that was life-changing in a difficult, challenging, terrible way with yes. our gratitude lenses on and see where it brought us today. And it is true that some of the best healers and those that serve others the best are the ones that have been through the most difficult of times because you know, the ability for empathy, the ability for understanding is just a lot deeper because there's a recognition of, of where they've been in, in that time. So I see that in you. I see that recognition in, in yeah, you I when say, you speak. I've, I mean, I've read a lot of books and as, if people don't like to read books, they can always watch videos. You can learn a lot on YouTube, mm-hmm. but um, I like to take really dense material and simplify it down. Um, I think it was Einstein who said, if you can't explain something to a five-year-old child, then you really don't understand it. And the way that I break it down of gratitude is that gratitude is seeing the lesson in the circumstance. Forgiveness is the acceptance of the circumstance. Because we don't forgive because we wish it would have been different. I wish you wouldn't have broken my heart. I wish you wouldn't have beat me. I wish you wouldn't have raped me. I wish, you know, that he wouldn't have left me for another woman, you know? So so acceptance ties in with forgiveness because we have to accept that that person handled that situation at that time the best that they knew how. And (laughs) here's the kicker. And that we handled that situation the best that we could 
at that time with what we had for our resources. Gratitude is, all right, that happened. Yeah. I accept that happened. That's forgiveness. Gratitude is, I'm thankful that it happened because it gave me this lesson. I have a deeper appreciation for this now. I see the contrast in this now. I know how to do this now. So that's how I think those two really link together. Wow. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you. What a wonderful, beautiful way to explain the two concepts together and and a wonderful way to share what gratitude can be. And I love that. Thank you. So in your work, um, how do you you know, today at this time, at this recording, how do you work with your clients? How are you serving them? Because I know you've got a number, you know, we mentioned you've got some different ways that you've learned uh, beyond being a clinical hypnotherapist, these different um, systems that you've learned, these different techniques. So how are you working with clients today? Mm-hmm. So um, hypnotherapy for about the last 10 years or so, and I came across Dick Schwartz a couple years ago uh, while I was studying with Diane Poole Heller in attachment disorders. And he popped up on a summit and, and I I understood what he was saying. And I noticed that I don't I didn't think kind of other people were understanding what he was saying. And he was starting to talk about inner parts. Now he's been doing this work for 30, 40 years developing this. Um, but he was talking about the inner parts of us blocking or holding us back or thinking that there's certain behaviors that we have to do. So it perked me up, but it wasn't time for me to learn yet because then it was pushed to the side. And then how, I don't even remember how I came across the book, No Bad Parts. So No Bad Parts is the first book that Dick Schwartz wrote, it's Richard Schwartz, um, PhD for the official author name, but he prefers to be called Dick. Um, So it's the first book that he wrote for the public rather than academia. And I read that book um, for, you know what, it was the Trauma Research Foundation. That's how I came across that book. They they do book clubs um, three or four a year, like about every quarter. And so I read the book and I was blown away. So many light bulbs were going off that this was that this was going to be the next layer of healing for me. And there had been like, you know, 50 in between like the last 10 years here and there with attachment and, you know, even simple things like love language. What's my love languages? Now I say my love language is safety. They need to write a whole new book on the five love languages for people with trauma and childhood developmental trauma. Um, But I read the book and it was completely life-changing. It made sense. I was so compartmentalized. Dissociation was my superpower, I would say, because I could do it like in a heartbeat. I didn't like something. I could just, whoop, I'm out of here. And then I wouldn't remember anything that happened. Um, the firefighters coming in uh, with drinking, things like that. So no bad parts is, is basically um, simplified version is that all of us have disconnected parts inside of us that have the intention of the highest good for us, but they are using beliefs and actions that are from 
a long time ago. So you start out, you're born, well, I, I had trauma even in the womb. So you're born, um, let's say whole, okay? And then trauma starts happening or school situations or teachers or bullies or things start happening at whatever age it is, especially before the age of 10 and especially before the age of seven. This is when we're still walking around in hypnosis. Our subconscious is wide open and we're taking and our, our subconscious is very literal and it's taking in things and forming beliefs and, and strategies based on the needs that weren't met at that time. All of us have parts within us, and we even say the language. We even use the language. I really want to lose weight, but there's a part of me that just wants to eat ice cream at 10 o'clock at night, and I just can't stop it. That's a part. That's a part that was disconnected and formed this strategy to help you meet needs that we're lacking. I was just so blown away. I, I got on the Trauma Research Foundation's book club, talked to Dick directly. Wow. And I wanted to know, IFS is where internal family systems is yep. the is the model that he developed over the last 30 or 40 years. And he teaches it now at the IFS Institute. And um it's it's learning how to get into contact with those parts of us because some are near the surface, but some are very hidden. C- create a dialogue with those parts. Learn about their backstory. Learn about why they started doing what they do. Learn what their jobs are, what their fears are, what their highest intention for us is. And then keep that dialogue going where that the part learns to heal, learns it's it's healing through trust. So that the part that's disconnected from us learns to trust the self, the whole self, the true self to make the decisions that are going to keep them safe and their needs met. And as that development of trust, um, you know, expands and grows, then the more connected that part comes into the whole self and trust the self to lead and the trust or the, the self leads in there's the eight C's. I, if I have to remember off the top of my head, but they're like compassion, curiosity. Um, there's peace too. There's patience. There's courage, confidence. When we're leading our life in those characteristics, we're leading from self. Yeah. If we're leading life by binge drinking or retail shopping um, for therapy or eating ice cream at midnight, then, then it's the part who's in control. Right. And, and, and in hypnotherapy, there is parts therapy that was developed by Charles Tibbetts and then passed on to Roy Hunter and Roy Hunter writes about it too. And it's very effective to um, process, heal and integrate the part in that session. Okay. So both have helped me a lot. So whenever I talk to Dick on that on that call with the um, book discussion on no bad parts, I wanted to know what do you think about hypnotherapy in in parts therapy? Mm-hmm. And he said, as long as it's client led, you're not running the dialogue. You're letting the parts and and that client 
self lead the dialogue, then you're doing IFS. So the two overlap. Right. Okay. So hypnotherapy helps us get into, especially the parts that don't want to be seen. They don't want to be revealed. They want to keep hiding. Hypnotherapy is a, We'll drop right in, right in. Wow. You know, Christine, I appreciate so much that you are a lifelong researcher. You're always learning and you're serving from the best place that you are at this time as you learn more information. And as you said, you love to teach in a way that a five-year-old would understand, which I think is really critical because a lot of this, of course, related back to childhood trauma and that kind of thing. You know, we are sometimes speaking to the inner child. So mm-hmm. Christine, I, I just think you're an incredible person and you have so much to offer to people. And I just love your connection through gratitude and forgiveness and all this beautiful healing work that you're doing. Where is the best place for people to find you? I really appreciate that, Julie. Um, I I really appreciate what you do too. I just want to hold space for that right now too, because podcasts are just a phenomenal way um, like YouTube uh, for people to really learn and get exposed to things they might not have. Um, Cause reading books is, is almost becoming antiquated at this point. So yeah, I, I really appreciate what you do with your podcast. Um, the easiest way to get into direct contact with me is my website and it's Christine Knight hypnotherapy.com. So it's spelled C-H-R for Christine and then night, like night in shining armor, hypnotherapy. Um, And then they can schedule a a call for free, a consultation call to talk with me, get on my calendar, talk with me, um, ask me questions about hypnotherapy or IFS. I'm starting IFS training officially level one next month with the Institute. So um, yeah, any questions that anybody has or or issues or anything just yeah just get on my calendar because it has to be on my calendar if it's not on my calendar I won't I won't remember (laughs) I agree I agree amazing thank you so Christine Knight hypnotherapy.com the links and we talked about so many wonderful things I'll share those links in our show notes as well the book no bad parts I reading is not antiquated for me I love reading a book as, as soon as I hear about a new book, I check my local library first to see if it's available. And then I always get surprises in my inbox when a book that I, you know, looked at months ago shows up and it's like always at the, like you said, it's like always at the right, right. time. There's like this beautiful divine timing on it. We yeah. mentioned Bruce Lipton, also some wonderful books by Bruce Lipton. So, so many great places to learn and to follow the thread. But if Christine's work resonates with you. If Christine's energy resonates with you, I encourage you to get in touch with her directly. And I just want to say thank you again, Christine, for sharing with us your beautiful story, your difficult story, and really how you're being of service to people today. So thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. 
Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.